Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Have you filled up your tank lately? So I stopped in yesterday to fill up my gas tank, and as I was resisting the temptation to grouse about the fact that it just seems more expensive every time I do it. I know that's like maybe not true, so I, we don't have to have a, a, a pennies conversation about the rise or fall of the average cost of a gallon of gas. Um, but as I was uh, selecting my grade, right, like, you know, going through the whole process of punching in more information into a little flat screen than I feel like you used to have to. Um, a person pulled up at the at the same tank, but, you know, on the opposite side. And she's an acquaintance. She's not a person who I know well, but certainly a person who, you know, I felt compelled to, you know, engage with, right? I mean, we technically, quote, know each other. So my opening line, which this is sort of where I'm living right now uh, in the world of testing how much people are really paying attention to what's going on around the world and what's, you know, right? So I just said, you know, hey, you know, it's it's great to see you. Wow. I mean, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, how you're feeling. How are you processing what's going on in the world right now? And so she made no mention whatsoever of what's going on in in Israel, which is a good reminder to me that I might be more tuned in to what is happening in other places than I am tuned into what's happening in my neighbors' lives. And so that was like a good moment there for me as she is chronicling the litany of challenges that she's facing in her life. Um, Challenges that she's facing with a particular young adult child, challenges she's facing with her own parents and their declining um, health and her sense of responsibility for what's going on with them financial stress that she's experiencing, some physical, some chronic physical pain um, that she's experiencing. And then in the midst of all of that, she shared about a decision she's trying to make. And you're saying to yourself, wow, I mean, you know, like over the pumping of a tank of gas. Well, yes, it takes a surprisingly long time to pump a tank of gas. And uh, and so I'm just listening while she's talking. And uh, and she concluded this litany um, again, sharing that she really felt like there was one particular decision she really needed to make. And she said, I really just need a word from the Lord. <laughs> and I thought, that's such an interesting thing to say. And so I said, well, and you guys know me, so you know that I'm prone to do this. <clears throat> I said, well, if you're looking for a word from the Lord, like where in the word are you today? And she said, what? you know, curiously furrowing her brow as one would do if they weren't a regular listener to Mornings with Carmen. And every single day they didn't hear me ask, where in the word are you today? Because I believe that we need to be in the word of God so that the word of God can get into us before we get out there into the world that he so loves, because the world is going to squeeze us. And when it does, 
I want grace and truth to be what pours forth from each and every one of us. So I asked her, you know, uh, where in the word are you today? And she furrowed her her brow and said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I mean, you said you really want a word from the Lord. I mean, God has spoken and God speaks through that which he has already spoken. So, I mean, if you really need a word from the Lord, where in the word are you today? Like, what book of the Bible are you studying? Where are you spending your devotional time? Uh, I'll confess, um, she looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, like, she she very quickly, like, glanced over to see if possibly the pump was done. <laughs> like, you know, okay, maybe I was only going to get $10. Like, I got to get away from this crazy lady. So um, I will describe her response as gnashing. Like, I mean, when when the scripture talks about people gnashing their teeth, like she responded to me like through gnashing teeth. Um, and she concluded her gnashing, which was uh, a list of the difficulties and demands on her life. She concluded all of that by saying, if God really loved me, he wouldn't expect me to sit down and read a book. He would just speak to me. So here we have a person who expects God to provide special revelation to her. But she's not regarding God significant enough to check out what he has already said. God has given us his word. And he is still speaking through that which he has already spoken. Sometimes we're just not listening. Sometimes we just don't have ears that hear. We don't have hearts that are actually open to what he says. I mean, this woman was fuming at me. So I prayed for a softening. I prayed for an opening. I prayed for a word. I mean, silently, like I'm not like praying out loud. This is the pray in the midst of all circumstances, right? And so I am I am still... Uh, I might have glanced over at my pump at the same moment as well, but you get the point. And and then I smiled. I mean, a broad smile. I, it was an uncontrolled smile. And she's like, what are you smiling about? I said, well, I just prayed that God would give me a word for you. And the very thought that I would ask God to give me a word for you just made me smile. And her brow furrowed, but her face softened a little bit. And she said, why would God give you a word for me and not just give me a word directly? And I said, well, I've been in the Word of God today. I'm in the Word of God every day, no matter what's going on in my life. So the Word of God comes to my mind. It's already in there like a big well from which I could draw living water every day. And she said, what? So then I I said, that, you know, I told her the story in John chapter 4 of the woman at the well, and I, and I'm like, I don't know why God brought that to mind, but maybe God's just inviting you to draw deeply from Him as the living water and Instead of, you know, instead of all the all the other things you're trying to rely on in life, I'm like, I, I don't know what God is doing, but maybe this story tells you something about God's character and his ways, and maybe he's saying something to you in your life. So, my friend, do you need a word from the Lord today? <laughs> Get into the word of God. Allow him to speak to you through that which he has already spoken. Spend some time at the well today. Get yourself into the word of God. He's got a word for you. Jennifer Hayden Epperson is going to join us next. We're going to talk about the pioneer's way. 
When you think about pioneers, who do you think about? Any chance you think about you? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Jennifer Hayden Epperson is joining us now. Her book is The Pioneer's Way, Leading a Trailblazing Life that Builds Meaning for Your Family, Your Community, and You. Jennifer, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you so much, Carmen. It is great to be here this morning. Thanks for having me. I really want to talk with you about knitting, but I won't. Well, let's take that one off the air and I'll talk about my (laughs) current project with you. I'm almost done with a sweater. (laughs) I love that. I love that. People, um, people like love to know that we are, you know, we are human beings and that we do things other than, you know, just talk. And so I love it that you enjoy knitting and traveling and, um, yeah, and keeping up with your native Rhode Island accent. See, I I always try to do that. I got my coffee here with me. So those of you who are listening in Connecticut can roll your eyes. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, pioneers. Let's talk about what that word means and then what you're trying to provoke in terms of a conversation today about new pioneers and new frontiers. Sure. So um, let's roll back and talk about what a leader is first. It's it's very interesting that the word leader or leadership did not appear in the English language until about uh, the 1820s or so. And it, it really was someone who just had a command or had sort of a post. Now, in contrast to that, uh, the word, the root of the word pioneer goes back to an old French word called payon. And it, interestingly enough, we get the word peon from it today. You know, someone basically who's doing the hard work or kind of hoofing it in the military. Um, so a pioneer really is doing the hard work of blazing a trail and going into new territory. Um, I really wrestled, Carmen, with what's the difference between a leader and a pioneer. And typically, if you look at what leadership is, it's basically bringing people from one place to another, having a goal in mind. And Peter Nordhaus, who is an expert in, in leadership, said it's basically a process whereby an individual influences a group of individuals to achieve a common goal. Now, pioneering is different from that, although it encompasses that, if you see. So pioneers really are doing, sometimes they're alone, sometimes they're bringing a group, but largely they are um, they are bringing people or themselves into new territory. And that is what's really exciting about being a pioneer. Well, you think it's exciting to be a pioneer, um, but then there will be lots of people who are just settlers. So can yes. you... <laughs> those of us those of us who might be curious inquisitive risk takers um i will say that like sometimes the the settler we find ourselves in the midst of settlers can you just address that for a moment um how do pioneers maybe find encouragement or find each other um and then maybe how do we navigate in a world mostly populated by settlers yeah so Typically, a pioneer is looking around them, and I want to talk about like a modern pioneer, which is the context I think that you're 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 talking mm-hmm. about. Because some people can just think about, I mean, I'm sitting in Mankato, Minnesota, which is Little House on the Prairie territory. Um, <laughs> but a modern pioneer is looking around, and they are unwilling to tolerate an unacceptable status quo. And you talk mm. about that a lot on your program. 
you know, and seeing some of the things that we have in culture and society. And for some particular reason, this area is disturbing the pioneer. For example, uh, let's go to Connecticut again. Some of your listeners in Connecticut, maybe up in the Hartford area, are familiar with Horace Wells. Well, he was a dentist and he would extract teeth in the 1840s. Okay, so let's go back there. No anesthesia. And it bothered him that helping people caused so much pain. And eventually, he was the one who discovered nitrous oxide. So you see how something, a passion in somebody can really press them into an area, albeit uncomfortable, to be the catalyst to come up with the change that is needed to make society, church, lives of people around you better. And I think that that's reflective of our redemptive creator. That's so good. Um, Jennifer Hayden Epperson is with us. The book is The Pioneer's Way, Leading a Trailblazing Life that Builds Meaning for Your Family, Your Community, and You. Um, the book is filled with stories of pioneers, past and present, um, Horace Wells being one of those. Who is Don Larson? Tell us his story. <laughs> Don Larson is, there's my Rhode Island accent, Larson. Don, <laughs> it's early. Don Larson is a very interesting individual. Um, he he is like what you would say a typical guy, but his friends sort of called him a daredevil. And he, he came along and he thought, you know, as he advanced his, in his career, he got involved in some very big companies that we would know about, Hershey being one of them, Hershey Chocolate. And they would use him sort of as their fix-it guy. You know, if there was a problem in in the company or or some sort of challenge that needed to be addressed, they'd throw Don at it, you know, and they'd say, okay, can you come up with the solution for this? And and he would. And with that um, in his background, he really soared to the top of of the company and he was making all kinds of money money that you and i carmen wouldn't even dream of having you know hand over fist he said i had all the toys but don was a christian and at one point in time when he he became around middle-aged um he he really had kind of a, a crisis and he withdrew to really speak to the lord and seek the lord and he came away from that saying, you know, Lord, I've given you, I've I've done what I've wanted to do the first part of my life. I'm going to give mm. you the second part of my life. And he took all that the Lord had given him through experience, through talent, that risk taking as he had as an individual, that daredevil mentality. And he pressed it into a new opportunity where he is now in war-torn Mozambique and he has developed a system where there is, and I want to say it's a redemptive system, where he has people growing cashews. He says, we grow the best cashews in the world. And he's also taking young people from the area. He's training them. And then as a result of all of the money they're earning from Sunshine Nut Company, which is his company, um, he is reinvesting so that the children who are orphans are getting education. They're growing up potentially to join the company and be trained further on. And he's pairing them with widows. So it is a whole cyclical economy that he's developed there. 
and he's changing one life at a time. He is growing um, these wonderful nuts that are now distributed all over the world. Um, he got into one of the major companies called A-Hold and, and, and uh, Whole Foods. So you can buy Sunshine Nut today and know that you're being a part of a redemptive story for people in Mozambique. And it is based in his faith in Jesus Christ. So we have a friend who I feel confident is listening right now, whose name is Tim Marr, and he is a pioneer, and his um, passion is sweet potatoes. And um, I know. And, it's uh, his and time having, here. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, it, it's the whole concept is called Mediterranean Harvest, and it just it just on and on and on. And then he connected with um, with others who listen, and they got talking. Um, I do think that helping pioneers – understand that it's okay um, to to be who they are and to want to keep pressing forward even when, you know, even when others dis- maybe maybe are discouraging to us that the quest that God has called you on um, and the trail that needs to be blazed in order to get there, you know, is a, is a good and godly thing. So we're going to continue our conversation with Jennifer Hayden Epperson here in just a moment. We're talking about the pioneer's way um, this is not just a book about the vistas that pioneers get to experience, um, and it's not just about the impacts that pioneers make. This is about the pioneering process, the journey, the grit, the slogging, the suffering, the principles that a pioneer lives by. So I want to encourage you um, to check it out, and we're going to continue our conversation with Jennifer here in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Talking with Jennifer Hayden Epperson, author of The Pioneer's Way. And yes, those of you asking on the text line, we do have copies of the book to give away today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies we have on hand here in studio. Um, Jennifer, when people when people think about the things that concern them in the world, like, right, like, I see this issue, this challenge, this problem, this thing that I I wish were different, and then I realize, you know what, God has put me in a particular place um, to bring about some significant change um, in that. Like, what's the first step that a pioneer takes in the direction of impact? Well, um, in my book, I outline sort of that trajectory. And the first thing is to, to maybe recognize, as Don Larson did, that, oh, I thought I was a fix-it guy. Maybe I'm the guy. Maybe I'm the pioneer. Maybe I'm the one that needs to do this. So like anything else, you recognize, first of all, what what is the problem? And it always helps to define the, the problem well. What is the irritant that is grinding away at your soul? 
And I would add, take that to God first in prayer and ask him, you know, are is this me? Are you asking me? Because sometimes, Carmen, as you know, we can get into areas, into messes that we really don't belong in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we think we're the one that needs to go in and, and fix it. And so we really need to have this uh, direction from the Lord. Yes, I am sending you. We see that over and over in the Bible where the Lord chooses somebody. And and those of humble spirit go back and say, really, Lord, is it is it really me? And, and God gives you clear direction. Um, get a definition on what it is that you need to change. And I mean, you're not going to be able to change the whole world. Um, and that's one thing that they tell us when we're doing a, a research study. You can't research everything. You know, you can't fix everything. What is it in particular? I would bring in then godly counsel. Um, I, I would, you know, I've had friends say, yeah, Jen, this really sounds like you. And I really feel, you know, pray, ask them to pray with you. I really feel that this is an area that you need to go into, like writing a book that is, Mm. you know, that's huge. Am I really going to take that on? Because if I do, I really need to finish too. And I really need to address what the, the message that the Lord has given me. Well, just as you do on your radio program, God gives each one of us gifts to be able to address those things he's called us to do. And you're right. It, it is going to be a bumpy road. So we must be sure that we're on the right path. And if God's calling us to do something, I mean, if it becomes through the seeking of godly counsel, through um, concerted prayer, through genuine discernment, if you arrive at the place where you recognize, like, you're the one to do this. Mm-hmm. That sometimes requires, in fact, my guess is it often requires a total reorganization of the rest of your life. It's very disruptive. It's very disruptive. And it can even require, like Don Larson did, he took his whole family and moved them to Mozambique to be able to address this issue. And we need to be aware, sometimes when we say yes to God and yes to this direction, we're saying no to other good things. And that can cause an internal conflict. So I do believe that those, you know, as the scripture says, you know, those who diligently seek him will hear his voice and he will begin to give you peace that even though it may turn your life upside down, that he has called you to do this. And he who calls also equips. And again, the pioneer needs to be equipped with the right tools the right team, the right trajectory, and the right time to be able to address the situation that the Lord has placed in his or her soul, that that was gnawing at the soul to, to go in and have that passion to be able to help provide a solution. And in that way, Carmen, I want to say that we are created in the image of God, Imago Dei. We are, have a little that bit of the creator in us. And when we pioneer like that, you think about Jesus Christ and all the ways he was the first and went into new territory for us. We then are acting as God has created us in his image as pioneers. I'm thinking about um, the, the, the guy we've had uh, here on the show who... Um, has been delivering ambulances to Ukraine since the beginning of the war. 
Like, like I, I just like think about like he saw this need. He was watching uh, a bro- I mean, a, a news broadcast. His his six year old daughter was like, "Daddy, what are you going to do about that?" And he was like, totally convicted that you know what God has put me in a place at an intersection, um, uh, you know, of life and resources and people and knowledge that you know I'm you know. And so he thought he'd you know he thought he'd do one, and I don't know. Now there's dozens. They've they've supplied dozens of ambulances, um, you know, to the front lines in Ukraine. I think about David Eubank. Um, and his, his concern for uh, particular people, um, in Burma and what they were experiencing. And then the whole outgrowth of that, which is called free Burma Rangers. And I, I think of how many lives have been transformed and touched. And again, how he totally uprooted his family. Like you just, I just like, he had like little girls and they like went to the front lines of battlefields. I'm just like, so God calls people to things that, might seem shocking to the rest of us. Um, yes. So can you talk about that? I mean, we only have like a, oh, I, I can't, we can't. Can you come back and talk about that? We don't have time today. <laughs> I would love it. But I will say this, that awareness of others' conditions really motivates us and the pioneering personality to take on giants. Mm. And God gives us that spirit and equips us to take on giants. And we may in the middle of the night and wake up and say, Lord, what am I doing? Think of Gideon. Think of David with mm-hmm. the giant. Think of so many in the scripture. And he will come and he will give you peace and say, yes, son, daughter, I am calling you to do this. And I will walk with you. Walk with me today and we will do what I have called you to do. Mm. Do you see a? Do you see something that needs, um, just, it doesn't just need to be changed, but like God has passionately said it in your heart and you're just like, I, I feel called, um, but I don't know what it looks like to to be a pioneer, and I don't know how to draw together the right team or the right tools and to discern whether or not this is the right time and if I have the right temperament. This is the book for you, and we're giving away copies today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies of The Pioneer's Way that we have in studio to give away today. We will have Jennifer uh, back to talk with us again because um, I want to know more about taking the land of the giants. You're listening uh, to Mornings with Carmen. We are bringing the mind of Christ to bear on what is going on in our lives and in the world today. Next up, Jeannie Burgess is going to join us. She is the host of the Bloodlines podcast. We're going to talk about um, what it looks like to be the member of a Native American tribe today. Uh, during this Native American Heritage Month. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. In this month of November, we are considering um, the Native American experience. We are considering what it uh, what it means to have been uh a part of a people group that predates the arrival of Europeans here on the North American continent. Jeannie Burgess is joining us. She is the host of the Bloodlines podcast. Um, Jeannie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us about the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma. <laughs> well, the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma is actually a mixture of four tribes. Um, the Piankasha, the Kaskaski, the Weah, and the Peoria that basically um, came down from the Peoria, what is now Peoria, Illinois area, um, 
and drifted down. They were not part of the Trail of Tears, obviously, but they were part of um, relocations. Um, tribes had a lot of relocations for safety, and they just happened to end up in Northeast Oklahoma, which uh, is a very big concentration of Indian tribes. There's several tribes here, here in Northeast Oklahoma, and they are um, I grew up with a, a mother that that's where my bloodline comes from is my mom. And she was very involved in the tribe. And so my interest in the tribe came really young. And so, uh, but the Peoria has a very uh, rich um, history connected with, um, you know, they kind of hung out with the French for lack of a better way to say it, um, you know, and there's lots of history and, every tribe has so much history carmen it it it's just um i wish people would study it more because it's really a, a fascinating and and a very interesting um bloodline honestly yeah well and so that brings us to a conversation about your podcast um bloodlines and so when you talk about bloodlines i think that um, there's an opportunity to do a lot of education simply by storytelling, and that's what it feels like you're you're doing um, in your podcast. So, can you first of all just share with folks like what is the Bloodlines podcast, and then maybe share one of the stories of one of the women that you featured in this um, most recent series? Absolutely. Okay, the blood. I actually thought of the Bloodlines podcast, the idea of it when I was in the middle of when we were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, mm. so, you know, we were all at home, obviously, and uh, just thinking a lot. And, and I had been doing a lot of reading and on and, and studying. And I just was like, what if there was a, a podcast that just talked to Native American women about how they're making a difference in their world, their life, their neighborhood? Um, and so that's exactly what happened. I decided to start it and I just did research and and the reason I did it was because I just didn't see a whole lot out there on um, on indigenous women that were just kind of living in their world, you know. And and so I just wanted to dig into that. And the the whole title is Bloodlines: Tales of Indigenous Women, uh, and that's really what it is. My producer, I have a podcast producer, and he says that this is less an interview and more of a conversation, and that's really true. You know, I've learned so many things, Carmen, through talking to these women, and I'm preparing for season two right now that'll launch uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, one of the interesting stories, I think, is, well, there's a couple, but one of them is I was talking to Rosanna Dobbs. Rosanna Dobbs is the second chief of the Peoria tribe, and she was on with me, and we got to talking about kind of the background, and and um, she said, yeah, I come from the Weah branch. And she said, and the Peckhams. And what was interesting was I come from the Weah branch and I'm, and I was, and I'm related to the Peckhams. We did not even know that we were, uh, that we were tribal sisters in so many ways. And I thought that was such an interesting story and was so excited to hear that because we are a combination of four different tribes. Like I said, Kaskaski, Weah, Piangasha, and Peoria the bloodlines come from different places. So they come from kind of different tribes because those tribes, um, you know, they, they intermingled. Um, mm. I work on the enrollment committee. My mother was on the enrollment committee of the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma for many, many years. And then when she passed away, uh, in I, I took her place. They asked me to take mm. her place. Mm. And so, 
bloodlines are very interesting, Carmen. When you look at a bloodline, um, I can look at my bloodline for the Peoria tribe and I can trace it all the way back. Like I can see all the way back where my ancestors have come from and how far back they are. And it's fascinating. And if you if you try to describe what a bloodline looks like, it almost looks like a, a basketball bracket. Like if you've seen basketball brackets sure. for games, they bracket it in. That's kind of what a bloodline looks like. So every month I spend some time at the tribal headquarters and we um, look at you know, birth certificates and people that get married and name changes and just keep that role for the bloodline, um, you know, all documented. And it's very fascinating process. And I'm very proud to be part of it. Yes. That is fascinating. Um, You are a Christian. Um, This is not expressly a a quote unquote Christian podcast. That's not um, that's that's not the goal of it. Um, when you think about the conversations that you have with not only these women, these indigenous women on your podcast, but when you just think about um, the reality of being a member of a Native American tribe and the the conversation, maybe, um, the conflict that has taken place over the course of our history here in the United States of America— that mm-hmm. in relationship to, you know, seeking to, quote unquote, Christianize native peoples, can you just like what does that conversation look like among uh, it, today among among people of Native American descent? Well, you know, some tribes were Christianized and some tribes were not. That's just simply the way it was. Some tribes welcomed Christianity and welcomed, um, you know, the missionaries and the people that tried to take it to them. And some tribes did not. I think, you know, in the case of Bloodlines, um, you know, it isn't a faith-based podcast, but what I always want to do is be light and salt mm-hmm. and light. And so we have a lot of conversations about faith, um, and I'm not afraid to bring up faith um, in the podcast. And many of the women are, I think pretty much almost all of them are women of faith, you know, but I think in regards to, uh, you know, Christianizing a, a tribe, that was there's always there's always been kind of a little bit of a pull with who is Christianized and who is not. You know, it's like, and in the case of the Peoria tribe, um, I don't know that that I think that some people were and some people weren't because it was such a. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the word. The tribe itself is has is dissected because it was four different tribes so you have four different viewpoints that came mm-hmm. into it um but i think now what we look at is the fact that um there are many people who uh, have christian faith in tribes and very much believe in it and are able to bring in the christianity and the traditions and all the traditions um uh, that their tribe has and that's what I really love about my tribe, you know, my, my chief, um, the chief of my tribe, we have a chief and he's a, he's a believer and we have many people in the tribe that are believers. And so um, I think we've come a long way with the Christianizing of many of the tribes, but just like everything else, Carmen, it's a free will choice. It's a free will choice. Um, And so that's kind of, I think how a lot of tribes, have looked at it. They're very much into, yes, we're part of a tribe, but you're also an individual. Um, and so thankfully in, in my tribe, uh, I had all of that great foundation of faith. Yeah. 
You live at the inter- you personally live at the intersection of like lots of different uh, worlds, um, and you have, you know, so there's this reality of who you are as a Native American woman, as mm-hmm. a member of a tribe that has a chief. Um, uh, you know, where bloodlines really matter. You're a Christian, and so part of not only you know, the church universal, but the local expression of it, and therefore under the headship of a pastor. Um, You are an American, um, and there is that kind of strange intersection still between uh, Native American um, life and the life of of America in general. Um, I just, you you have an interesting perspective, so maybe when we come back from a very, very brief break, I just want to ask you, like, what does it mean to be a Native American woman today? What does it mean to be a Native American Christian today? Can we just wander around in some of those, like, fairly large subject matter areas? Yes, ma'am, we absolutely can. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, uh, we're just trying to have genuine conversations and understand each other and get to know each other. Jeannie Burgess is with us today. She is the host of the Bloodlines podcast, Bloodlines, Tales of Indigenous Women. Um, The season that's just wrapping is 12 amazing Native American uh, stories of women and what's going on in their lives and worlds and neighborhoods. Uh, The upcoming season is about to drop on Thanksgiving weekend, so we wanted to make you aware of that during uh, this Native American Heritage Month. Do you know um, people who are Native American? Have you talked with them about what their experience is, what it means to be Native American today in 2023? And if they're Christians, what does that intersection look like? We're going to ask those questions next of Jeannie Burgess. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Maybe you are uh, thinking about what it means to be Native American because you have recently seen or heard about Killers of the Flower Moon. Maybe you are thinking about it because Thanksgiving is coming up and you uh, have little kids and, you know, we 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 all uh, did those little reenactments um, that were not historically accurate. Um, But we imagined uh, this intersection of native peoples and those who uh, immigrated to the United to what is now the United States of America from Western Europe Um, how do you think about Native American people? What comes to mind when uh, when I even say that? Well, we're talking with Jeannie Burgess. She is, among other things, the host of the Bloodlines podcast, Tales of Indigenous Women. She's also on the enrollment committee of her tribe, which is the uh, Peoria tribe of Oklahoma. Um, as she has already described, the Peoria tribe is actually a, an aggregate of four tribes um, who migrated uh migrated over time to what is now Oklahoma. Um, 
Jeannie, you are a Christian. You are a Native American. You are a woman. Um, There are lots of ways that we could have a conversation about your lived experience. And so I just maybe just ask an open-ended question here. What what does it mean? What does it feel like to be a, a Native American Christian in 2023? Yeah, it's interesting, Carmen, because I, I ask the three same questions on my podcast every time. And the last question is always, uh, what is what do you want the audience to know about what it means to be a Native American woman in 2023? So it's interesting oh, that you would say that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that there's so much. I mean, you know what? God has given us all these amazing heritages. You know what I mean? These amazing backgrounds mm-hmm. that go generations and generations and generations back, which when you think about it, it's like God so thought about us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, God, God, when I look back at this history, I'm like, you know what? The God that made me and thought about me and thought made this entire history that is hard. I mean, you know what? It's like, um, you know, I have a history book of the Peoria tribe that my mother actually was one of the authors on and um, the Peoria tribe was attacked a lot. So they had to move a lot, you know, and Um, You know, I think that there's just a strength that comes from that. And and I think what I really want people to know about what it means to be um, a Native American woman and a Christian is that um, my utter strength comes from Jesus, obviously. But in my DNA (laughs) and in my history, there is a very strong line of women that have um, that have carried the water for me and carried the way. Mm. Mm. And, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in, in, in killer, you know, obviously in killer of the flower moon, um, you know, there's a very, there's very strong female characters in that movie. And that was such a tragic story, but you know what, Carmen, that is one of many tragic stories for the for native Americans over you know, so many years. It's it's one story, but I think if that one story kind of calls attention to it and gets us talking, it's a really good thing. But I just think that people should look at their heritage in general. I mean, I happen to mean be Native American. I'm very proud of that. Um, one of the sayings of our tribe is Peoria proud. Um, but I think that God has given us all a heritage that we need to mm-hmm. take a look at. And as a woman, I think that um I love looking back at how my what my grandmother did and what my mom did and how proud my mom was and how involved my mom was. My mom has such knowledge. My mom could like spout off bloodlines and who belonged to who like nobody's business. Um, and she could also make a really mean grape dumpling, um, which is, <laughs> which is a, a, a tribal kind of a goodie, a tribal treat. And so I love the fact that God put all of that in me to bring me where I am now. And life is not always easy, as you well know. And so sometimes I think we forget, hey, we need to go back to the past to see how far God has brought us. We need to remember. And um, I just talked to these women and I'm so amazed at the strength that they bring um, from their own lives and being Native American and what that does for them. Um, I think a lot of us... uh think about 
or imagine that everyone who's Native American, I mean, I know this is not true, but lives lives on a reservation. And right. that is like that is not a place I would even understand in terms of its um, in terms of its culture. Um, can you can you just touch on that for a moment? Like, I mean, there are there are like nearly 600, something like 574 federally recognized tribes yes. in the United States of America. Um, they are actual like what is the relationship there? Like, I mean, because you're on the enrollment committee, I feel like you are you are in the know. Like, uh, what is the relationship between a tribe, a reservation, and the United States? Well, I think you know um, it, it's interesting that you're talking about the the United States because I always it's always interesting to look at United States history, what's in there and kind of what's not. Um, I I think that that's um, I still think that there's some pockets of things that um, that, you know, that connection between the United States and, and Native Americans. I think that there's some pockets of information I, I would love to see included, um, you know, but as far as um, reservations, uh, yes, there are tribes that live on reservations and their culture is kind of built around that uh that reservation um, and that sense of community. But what I found with my tribe um, who doesn't live on a reservation, but we have a tribal headquarters about 20 minutes away is I'm kind of amazed at um, there's still that sense of community. Um, Mm -hmm. We have monthly meetings. There's a monthly Mm. um, committee meeting, business committee meeting where they look at the business holdings of the tribe. Um, And then we also, every March we have our general council, which is the whole entire tribe together um, mm. and we have a lovely, you know, we eat together. It's like a big family we, reunion. Yeah, it's a huge family reunion. And we, and yeah. we, we eat together, we celebrate together, we talk some business. Um, and we also talk a, a lot about culture and what's happening in the cultural aspect of the Peoria tribe and, and what information they're always finding. Um, you know, I, I feel very connected to my tribe, even though we're not on a reservation. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I, yeah, I appreciate. It, I think it's I, I like love thing. that. Yeah, no, yeah. I and I thank you for sharing that because I, yeah, I'll just confess that like most of us, like this is just not even a world we feel like we intersect with very often. And so you are providing us a beautiful point of intersection and connectivity, and I really appreciate that. Um, Jeannie Burgess, host of the Bloodlines podcast, you can go there and hear tales of Indigenous women. Um, there is already a, a 12 episode season available um, and another one uh, coming, a second season coming on Thanksgiving weekend. So during this Native American Heritage Month, let's become more familiar with the land upon which we live, who lived uh, on the land before we did. Um, maybe you live in proximity to a particular tribe, maybe even a reservation. Um, let's be good neighbors. Let's be genuine and learn about one another and learn to care for one another and our shared stories. Um, So Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for having me, Carmen. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. No, that's mutual. Um, So as uh, as we wrap up our conversation today, let me encourage you again. Like if you are a person who has said to yourself, I could just really use a word from the Lord. The Lord has spoken, and he would like to speak to you through that which he has already spoken today. So consider um, where you are in the word of God and what God has to say to you personally and intimately today. No matter what you're facing, 
You can face it with faith um, and without fear. You can face it knowing that God is with you and for you, that he's singing over you even now, that he conceived of you before the foundations of the earth, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knows you full well, that he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, um, and that in the midst of this very moment, he holds you in the very hollow of his hand. You are safe. You are secure in Christ. And so let him animate your life today by the power of his Holy Spirit. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.